0: IT'S CHRISTMAS!
1: Well, tonight, thank God, it's Instead of you Oh, Christmas Day, my ass I'm driving home for Christmas Oh, I can't wait to see those faces Christmas to you and all.
0: It's November, and Christmas is well and truly in the air. Here in the UK we've had Bonfire Night, aka fireworks going off all over the place, and Remembrance Day, a day to remember the fallen of wars since World War One. There's no Thanksgiving over here, so that means there's no more pesky holidays to get in the way of Christmas. So it's well and truly begun. The Christmas adverts have been splattered all over the TV and internet and I will have some podcasters reviewing those in December, as last year. But with Christmas food taking over the shops, it's time to get super Christmassy here on Merry Britzmas. In our first full-on mega Christmas episode, I will explore the annual tradition of the Trafalgar Square Christmas tree, a selection of some original indie Christmas songs and a childish bit of Ardman stop-motion TV. Every year, millions and millions of people drag out their artificial tree from its hiding place or trudge or drive to the nearest real Christmas tree cellar to get their festive centrepiece. For most of us, it's a tradition that brings nostalgia, joy, excitement, picking the right tree or dusting off the old one, decorating with baubles, lights and ornaments, then sitting back and luxuriating in the beauty for the next month. Most of us probably get trees somewhere between a few feet, maybe eight or nine feet for those monster living rooms some people are lucky to have. But how about a 98-foot Norwegian spruce weighing four tons? Not enough space in your front room? Well, head along to Trafalgar Square in London every December and you can see one. The Trafalgar Square Christmas tree is a tradition that began way back in 1942, when the Norwegian king was in exile in London due to the World War as the Nazis had invaded his home country. The British helped the Norwegians at this time, our nearby neighbour, by sheltering the king and of course helping to fight back and defeat the Axis army. In 1942, a tree was cut down during a raid on a Norwegian island called Hisoi and it was transported back to the UK and given to the exiled king, Hakan VII, as a gift. After he returned to his homeland after the war, a new tradition began in 1947 with the Norwegians selecting a tree to give to the UK as a thank you for their help during the war. And it's happened ever since. There's a whole process associated with the gift giving, starting years before a tree is chopped down. The forest keepers responsible look after a thousand hectares of forest, and as Nutt Johansen explains...
1: A good tree uh, for Lannum is uh, approximately 21 meter high and it takes 60 to 100 years to make a good tree. It will be symmetric with a conic shape and fresh branches, so it looks nice. Also, the forest
0: keepers select potential trees years before they're chopped down. They pick trees with plenty of potential that have good light, as explained further by a forest keeper.
1: As you can see, the sunlight and the exposure plays a major role in how the tree shapes. A south-facing tree normally gets thicker and longer and wider branches on the south side, while a north-facing exposure gives the tree more consistent daylight lighting throughout the season. So a Christmas tree has to get the right amount of sunlight all through their lives. If it's an open landscape, it will get too wide, so wide that we can't transport it along the road.
0: Sometimes they even manage this by chopping back branches and nearby trees to provide more light to the chosen ones. The chopping down and transportation needs careful planning to ensure that the crane used to lift the tree is strong enough and doesn't damage it as it's moved onto a truck. Once here, the branches are secured to the trunk and the whole thing tied down for a drive of 180 kilometres to the marina, where it goes on a boat. They need to be very careful with the whole travelling bit though.
1: What can damage the tree? under the journey. That is, the wind can dry the needles, this the, the tree are prepared for it in the winter and take out the water from the cell and the needles, because if they have water uh, in the cells and the needles, they can uh, freeze and blow up in the winter. And at the road, it can be uh, salt, hit the needles and damage them. And also, when you come to the uh, marina, If the wind blows, it uh, can bring more salt on the needles, so they can uh, be dried and uh, fell off.
0: Once in England, it's driven to London, put up and the lights are switched on in a ceremony with the mayor of Westminster and the Norwegian ambassador. The lights on the tree actually hang vertically, which is more of a Norwegian style and tradition. Throughout the festive season, carolers are scheduled beneath the tree and many tourists, locals and festive fans visit, take pictures, hear the carols and donate to charities that the carolers work with. In 2019 there was a bit of an outcry about the tree as it looked a bit more sparse than usual. Some people complained about it online but most people were just happy to see a big old Christmas tree all lit up. When I lived in London I used to visit every year and take some time to look at the lights and enjoy some caroling. Hopefully I'll get the chance to go back once again. And so I'll leave this section with a wonderful message from the Mayor of Oslo Marianne Borgen, explaining what makes the whole thing so special.
1: This is a tree of love from the citizens of Oslo and I hope when the light is on at Trafalgar Square, the people in London and all over Britain will feel the love, the solidarity and it's a token also for peace and hope for the future and I hope we will take care of each other and I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a hopeful new year.
0: Back in 1972, Peter Lord and David Sproxton started their own stop-motion animation company, naming it Aardman, after a spoof Superman character they created. They went on to create the splodgy, silly clay character Morph, and did the animation for Peter Gabriel's unique sledgehammer video. They had an idea to record people speaking about various topics and put their voices over stop-motion animals, calling it Creature Comforts. This idea and the short film won them an Oscar in 1991. They also found wide acclaim and love for their Wallace and Gromit characters, a very odd British inventor, and his dog. He usually looks after him more than the other way around. Films also followed, including Chicken Run, Flushed Away, and in recent years, Early Man, and the brilliant Christmas film Arthur Christmas, which I may cover further down the line. This year, they have another special out on Netflix called Robin Robin that I'm really looking forward to. But today I'm going to look at one of their characters who has become a beloved figure, Sean the Sheep.
1: He's shown the sheep, he's shown the sheep, he even mucks them out with those who cannot bleed. keep it in mind, he's one of a kind, oh, life's a treat with shown the sheep, he's shown the sheep, he's shown the sheep, he's shown the sheep, he's shown the sheep, he doesn't miss a trick or ever lose a beat, perhaps someday you'll find a way.
0: The character first appeared in Wallace and Gromit's Close Shave, but the popularity of the character meant a stop-motion TV show for CBBC in 2007. It ran for six seasons, totalling 170 episodes. The characters also had two of his own films, a self-titled one in 2015 and Farmageddon in 2019. But in the kids' show, Sean is shown as the leader of his flock, facing various problems and adventures on his farm in the north of England. At the end of season 2, on 17th of December 2010, a Christmas special ended the series and it was called We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And in case you didn't get that, U is spelt E-W-E. The show uses silent movie-style comedy, with vocal noises, sound effects and music being used in place of dialogue. The vocal effects of Sean himself are performed by Justin Fletcher, a famed kids TV performer here. He plays a very popular character called Mr Tumble. But in this festive episode, we start with Santa dropping off prezzies at the farm, including one for each of the peacefully sleeping sheep, even having to shush one back to sleep. (sighs) (coughs) Presents include bananas, apples and a pineapple which are all gratefully received. Then we see carol singers knocking on the farmer's door, And we discover that the farmer was Santa, but is now inside alone, reminiscing about Christmas memories long past. The lights on his tiny little tree fail, but the sheep, along with Bitzer, the farm sheepdog, are watching through the window and feel sorry for the farmer. Sean has an idea, and we see the sheep creating reams of paper chains and baubles from vegetables, as well as sewing him something using the wool from their backs. <laughs> After a Mr Bean style theft of the town Christmas tree, they decorate his house with a goat helping to chew some fun patterns. They turn on the lights, and for a moment the assembled sheep and goat look like a perfect nativity. Back to the barn, and a whole load of rat presents await them with someone flying high in the sky behind their heads. When he awakes, the farmer is suitably excited with his decorations and new jumper, and some guests arrive as well. we finish with a sheep playing a festive song as an orchestra in the snow. It's only about 7 minutes long, and it's very childish and very silly, but I really liked it, as I am a silly child most of the time, especially at Christmas. If you have kids, it's a fun little watch, and if you don't, well it's Aardman, and just the thought of Aardman's stop motion makes me think of Christmas. Why not take a moment to check out another fine podcast in the Christmas Podcast Network? Hey everyone and welcome aboard. My name is Chris Kringle, host of the Kringle Talks Christmas podcast, a fun new podcast all the way from sunny old England. If you like listening to cool Christmas stories, traditions and some more personal favourites, then head on over to Kringle Talks Christmas. The episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts and you can also follow me on Twitter, which is at Christmas Talks, spelt K R I S T. MAS Talks. Welcome once again, and I hope to see you soon. A few months back, I decided to share some perhaps little-known Christmas songs from indie rock and alternative acts in Britain that I really liked and felt needed to be shared. I thought I'd return to this just before December to get them into more festive playlists. First up is Welsh indie band Los Campesinos, who found indie fame with intricate lyrical musings over angular twee guitars. Along with lots of sing along bits from the rest of the band and frenetic breakdowns. The band released six albums and have a cult following of fans and continue to gig occasionally over the last few years. But we're here for Christmas, and the band released a festive EP in 2014 called A Lost Campesinos Christmas via Turnstile Records. The initial vinyl release even included a Christmas card designed and signed by the band. A few of the tracks had been performed by the band over the previous years. And there's a couple of covers as well in Mud's Lonely This Christmas and The Holly and the Ivy. The whole EP is great and I may cover more in the future but I'm going to focus on my favourite today, the first track, titled When Christmas Comes. strings in their music often and it works so well on this festive track. The lyrics are kind of sarcastic about British festive weather but the rest of the lyrics focus on this celebratory obsession with a true love. trio from North London who moved from twee indie pop on their debut to a more melodic and driving sound on their second album, with elements of gentle funk, a little bit like Haim, or some 80s jangle indie, as heard in Trouble. Live, and I've seen them a few times now they always put on a great show but they've yet to play their Christmas song live which is a shame as it's one of my favorite modern festive indie tracks it's called I wish I were giving you a gift this Christmas from 2017 and jingling sleigh bells are there from the get-go with hushed choral vocals the
1: school, but I'm still thinking about you.
0: I love the vocals that play in this song as it rises and falls, with the pace changing, creating a heady rush.
1: I wish.
0: And it all breaks down, and finishes, of course, with a wonderfully festive children's choir. The final track of today's little list is an odd one, as the band aren't really a proper band. Well, I suppose they are, but not really. Let me explain. Loose Tapestries is a duo made up of Sergio Pizzorno, the guitarist of Kasabian, an indie band famous for tracks such as LSF and Clubfoot. And the other half of the duo is Noel Fielding, the oddball comedian from The Mighty Boosh and now co-host of The Great British Bake Off. Loose Tapestries was a project the two of them put together during the making of Fielding's TV show, Noel Fielding's Luxury Comedy. And they released two albums called Loose Tapestries Present the Luxury Comedy Tape and NHS, both of which feature clips from the show and and music recorded for the programme. On their second album, from 2015, a Christmas song appeared called Can't Wait For Christmas and Noel sets it up in his usually strange way. It was Christmas Eve and all were sleeping, all but the loose tapestries, who were writing a Christmas song, a new kind of Christmas song that could be inhaled like a gas, or sprinkled into the eyes of sleeping children, drunk on eggnog. These bombastic minstrels slip down chimneys and pump their new song into... The chorus is fun and the lyrics are pretty amusing, in a stupid kind of way, as Noel rambles about random Christmas things. song a rap break interrupts things and it's a pretty bloody famous voice Idris Elba yes that Idris Elba the gruff police detective Luther or as guardian god Heimdall
1: hey, yo, the Christmas light's looking proper. Got some boxer shorts and a pair of socks last Here this year I want the new Xbox singing. I want, I want Now I'm feeling jolly, sipping on the berries. I'm a hind when I'm looking for a bite to Pull up my cracker smoke on the bit of girl. All my little helpers. Hello, the children sing.
0: And as before, as with so many Christmas songs, the children's choir joins in. So, there'll be one more episode to go this month and then it's actually December and we can open up Advent calendars and eat chocolates every morning and wear our Christmas things every day without a sneering look from the passers-by outside Marks and Spencers. Not that some of that hasn't already started for me. Until then, stay festive and check out the indie Christmas songs from my podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. Also, follow me and chat on my Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. All at Merry Britsmas. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all.